Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here. I am actually in my office at the Hilltop. I, I know that in the previous episode, I left you hanging just a bit. We were talking about that whole dynamic that I had said, if I'm ever helping people walk through recovery again, I would do two things. No, number one is I would help people really deal with root issues, R-O-O-T, like the roots of a tree instead of fruit issues. So often we focus on you know, what we can see, the behaviors. We focus on everything that's obvious on the outside, yet everything on the outside really is an overflow of what's going on deep down inside. And so in order to change the fruit, really you've got to deal with the root as well I said that I would spend more time really discussing the difference between the soul and the spirit and emphasizing the fact that your spirit is one with God's spirit and your soul right now, it's still in process and and that's okay. There are things about us that we're still working out and those things that we're working out, even though our identity is secure and even though we're whole in Christ and even though we're one with Christ and even though we're redeemed and even though there is an amazing purpose for which God has created you, goodness, there, there are still things that on this side of heaven, we're still forever going to be figuring out. And really, it's helpful to understand right there the difference between the soul and the spirit. Your spirit is not defective at all. It is whole. It is complete. And we really want to learn to live out of that side of us. But, but your soul, uh, your mind, your emotions, uh, th- those feelings that are expressed through those emotions, oh, goodness, all, all of that, that's still in process. And it, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person because you're in process. It doesn't mean that you're defective because you're in process. It doesn't mean that you're not whole because you're in process. It it means that you are, oh, just like me, you're, you're human. And you are one of the fragile, imperfect, yet intensely amazing, one-of-a-kind supernatural creations that God has chosen somehow to work through to change the world and to change the destiny of, of everyone else here. Like, like that's, that's the juxtaposition here. That's the crazy tango that we live in. So I was discussing all of that in the previous episode, and we just, we just kind of ran out of time. Now, before I continue, I'm going I'm to pick up where I left off. Here's what I would love for you to do. Down in the show notes, I've included a couple links for you. Here's link number one. It's a video where I really talk about the difference between the soul and the spirit. That link is down there below. Another link for you is really a video that's based on what I'm going to talk to you about today. And the reason I'm going to go ahead and place it, it's a little bit more robust of a teaching that I'm going to give you today. Uh, It is a little bit longer than I'm going to go today. It's video, not audio, uh, but I understand that a lot of you listen to this while you're running, while you're driving, while you're doing the dishes, while you're here. You can't sleep at night, so you you put in the voice of someone. Uh, Sometimes I do that, Um, so I understand that you really can't do video when you're you're doing the yard or you're doing all these other things, and so uh, I'm going to put a video there where I really talk through this 
topic in more detail. It's called the Emotional Wholeness Checklist. You can really go there. Uh, also, I'm going to put a link to one of the latest books that I have, one of the resources that's absolutely free. You pay the shipping and handling. I've already bought the books. I've got some of the books down at our shipping station in the garage here at the Hilltop. You pay the shipping and handling. I will send the book to you about purpose. That's the name of it, How to Find and Fulfill God's Plan for Your Life. So all of that is linked down below, as well as maybe some other things that you might want. So, so check that out. Okay, here, here we go. In the previous episode, I said this. There's a difference between your body, your soul, and your spirit. Okay, the body is that physical part of you. The spirit is that invisible part of you that's connected, that's one with the creator, that's one with the Holy Spirit. And the soul is a different part of that unseen inside of you. And to be clear, the soul isn't bad. A lot of times people think, well, if it's not the spirit, it must be bad. No, 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 no. The soul is, it's that part of you that is the seat of your personality, it's the place of your opinions. It is the place of your emotions. In other words, th these are all the things that God's given to you that are ways whereby we know each other, we understand each other, we interact with the world. The issue becomes that we need to learn to submit our soul to the Spirit, which is one with the Holy Spirit, not assume that our soul is always right and must react to the world around us. Okay, that's key right there. Your soul is not always right. You don't have to react to the world around you. You, you can respond in a healthy way after you submit it all to the Spirit. Um, so here's how I got into all of this. I, I, again, I told you that if I was back working in the field of addiction or working in the field of recovery, that I would teach more about this topic, that I, I would lean more back into this. Uh, so I, I stumbled in this uh, somehow in the middle of the summer. A friend of mine reached out to me and he said, hey, uh, we are upgrading, next leveling a recovery program uh, that at this point is based out of our church. Uh, they have about 300 people in that program. And one of the things they wanted to do was use some of the old processes uh, that we used in a recovery program that I was, I was running for a season. Uh, they want to use some of those processes in order to strengthen, uh, make their system more robust. Uh, they also wanted to use a 12-step program. And so I told them, I said, hey, man, I'm super honored that you want to use that resource. However, if you're, if you're going to use it, I would love to step in and love to just kind of take another swipe at it to rewrite some of it. Not not all of it, just take another tweak. I don't want to put some pictures in the book. The first book didn't have any pictures. I want to put some pictures in the book to help illustrate what's going on there. And, and I also want to maybe lean more into those two things. N number one, roots and fruits, okay? And, and number two, soul and spirit. And they said, okay, great, great, come come do it. So that that's why, because I've been helping them uh, with that curriculum and helping them implement that material. That That's why a lot of this is fresh on my mind, because as I told you in another episode too, uh, when I was in a recovery program, somebody actually sent me that back on an email. I shared the audio book from this material. I'll put that in the link in the show notes too. Shared the audio book from the recent book. And they, they said, hey, did you learn this by going 
through therapy. Uh, did you learn this um, by running a program or did you learn this because you were uh, somehow in recovery? And I said, boom, boom, boom. Yes, yes, yes. Check, check, check. All three. All three right there. So uh, really at this point, uh, I really want to share it with you because when I went through it, I learned, and this was the case for me, 70% of the people that really are overcoming a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. They're overcoming an unhealed pain of the past. They are overcoming some thing that keeps yanking them back. Whatever the case, hurt, habit, or hang-up, 70% of those people, it's not a chemical dependency. It's not, it's not drugs or alcohol. It's legitimately something else. And, and I really believe, back to those roots and fruit issue, you, know, you got you to gotta change the inner DNA of the tree in order to bear good fruit consistently. And back to that soul and spirit issue. Here, here's the deal. I, I really think that good people do non-good things when they choose to live with an unhealed root system and when they choose to do things from the soul rather than the spirit. Or, or you could say it another way. Uh, when we fall into an addiction, when we consistently live from a hurt habit or hang-up, we're living from the soul, not living from the spirit. As we learn to lean more and more into the spirit, true freedom comes naturally. As we deal with the internal root issues and the DNA of the tree, the supernatural DNA of you changes, somehow good fruit emerges naturally. So let's break it down in this episode. Soul wholeness, emotional wholeness, walking through life in this, this, this experience of freedom. Okay, and by the way, your eternal destiny is assured. Once you're in Christ, heaven assured. But your experience of life now on this side of heaven could radically be changed based on uh, some of the truths that we're talking about in this episode. So soul wholeness, it involves, here's what I'm going to say recognizing your emotions or recognizing you might even want to say your feelings. Um, maybe simplistically the difference between your feelings and your emotions is your feelings are what's going on in your soul. Your emotions are the expressions of those feelings. So soul wholeness, it involves recognizing what's going on, reading what those feelings say before you react, and then responding to the world around you in a healthy and intentional way, one that's in alignment with the Spirit. Let me say that again. Soul wholeness, which is what we want. So the, the goal is not to eliminate the soul. The goal is to walk in a way in which your soul is whole and healthy. Soul wholeness it involves recognizing those feelings, reading what those feelings are saying before you react. So you don't want to just be emotional. Don't want to just respond out of the emotion. You want to, third of all, respond from the alignment of the spirit that's inside of you. Now, in the book, Freedom Recovery, uh, that's the book that I have right here. You can hear the pages right there kind of flipping. And in the book, Soul Wholeness, I have this graphic that's it's kind of this picture of the brain. 
Now, if you look on the, the left side of the graphic, the middle of the picture is a picture of a brain. It's not a real brain. It's just kind of a graphic, a black and white icon there. Uh, kind of like I use in a lot of my graphics, just, a, just an icon. And on the left side of the screen, it says this. Something in the world happens. Something occurs. This could be somebody says something to you. This could be somebody does something that you like or don't like. This could be you hear a song on the radio. This could be an event is announced on the news. This could be you receive an email or a text message. Something happens at the point that something in the real world occurs. The data from that something it really enters your brain in the bottom of your spinal cord and what is the center core of your brain right there, the limbic system. Now, I don't, I don't have time to get into all the science of that. Even if I did have time to get into the science of that, I don't completely, to be honest, I don't even really fully understand it. But, but with the limbic system, the experience that you just had from whatever happened is first felt. It's not first logically thought about. It's not first explained. It's not first outlined or ordered. The experience is first felt. Okay, now pause. You might have sensed this happening to you before. You know, somebody says something and all of a sudden you just feel these emotions rise up inside of you. Or a song comes on the radio and instantly you're transported back to a different time and place. Like, like last night, uh, we went to uh, see one of our sons. Uh, Beth and I have one of our sons is playing football here uh, for Oak Mountain Middle School and they had the marching band out there. The high school marching band was there because it's homecoming week. And the marching band was doing this halftime show. It was incredible. We saw them do this. Uh, they are warming up before, because it's homecoming week, they're warming up before they're going to play. And I can just hear the band and I can hear the sounds. And it was a cool afternoon. It had been like 90 degrees for the last what seems like forever. It was all of a sudden, it was like 66 degrees. So it's, it's kind of this little crisp nip in the air. And it's the marching bands playing. And there's a little bit of wind chill. And that sound and that feeling, that aura of what's occurring, whenever that happens... That experience instantly takes me back to when I lived at 534 24th Avenue, Northwest Birmingham, Alabama, where I was just right near our high school. Uh, and I remember moving into that house when I was in fifth grade. We'd moved from Texas to Birmingham. My parents were from Birmingham. My dad was a pastor. And they, my parents, originally grew up in Birmingham. And, and then they went to Texas for seminary. And then my dad finally, after being out there for a decade or more, had the opportunity to move back to town, be close to family and close to grandparents. And uh, my parents took that chance and we, we moved. And I remember it, it wasn't perfect. So I'm not saying that, but I, I had this tremendous childhood, had an incredible experience. 
in elementary and in junior high and high school. We live right near the school and near our church. So I, I could walk to our church. I could walk to our school. I had all of these other boys in the neighborhood that we rode bicycles with. And again, I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not glossing over it all. I'm just saying it was this really precious season, a long season. And every summer, the marching band would begin practicing in August. We didn't even start school until closer to Labor Day back then, but they would start practicing, and I would hear the marching band. We lived a block away from where they practiced in the parking lot that backed up to the stadium of the high school. We'd hear them practicing. And then in the fall, as I'm running and getting in shape for wrestling, we would hear them when there are these crisp fall leaves and today, whenever I hear some of those sounds, not, not in a big college stadium, but, but I mean up close, personal, nearby, and the weather kicks in, there is this feeling that comes over and it transcends logic because logic would say, hey, bro, you're, you're like in your 40s, almost your 50s. You're, you're not in elementary, junior high, or high school anymore, uh, logic would say, you're, you're way on the other side of town. Logic wouldn't just instantly bring this ease of feeling over me. That's probably happened to you before. You smell something that it might be during this season, it, it, it could be pumpkin spice latte. You smell something like an apple pie. You smell something like cookies, like the kind that your grandmother used to make. You hear a song that's from the high school prom, or you hear a song that's from this sweet or struggling season of your past. Instantly, you feel the experience. This happens all the time. We're, we're in the workplace, and somebody sends a text message, hey, we need to talk. You feel it before you step back and logically work through it. This is, this is how the soul works. Data enters the spinal cord through the limbic system, kind of at the base of your brain right there at the top of your neck, and you feel it. Now, at this point, you have one of two options. Uh, number one is you can just do the unhealthy thing. You can just react from it. You can just react from the feeling and express the emotion in that moment. If you do that, sometimes you're going to get it right. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. Sometimes you are going to nail it and you are going to get it right. Sometimes you are going to misinterpret what was intended in the moment. You're going to misinterpret what the person meant. You're even going to take something that they did in the wrong way and you're going to judge it as if they intended to do it the wrong way, but really they didn't mean it. Or you're going to judge something they meant for right, but you just kind of misinterpreted it. Or it's going to somehow come out wrong again because you feel it first. Then you have the opportunity to, in, in an unhealthy way, just react from it. Or the healthy way is, is you can actually recognize what that feeling is, you can read what it says, and then you can learn to respond in a healthy way. Uh, now, now, first of all, let, let me say this. 
uh, our, our emotions are, are one of the parts of us. They're, they're part of the soul. Uh, they are part of you. However, you're not required to react from them. Uh, I think so often today we kind of get confused about that. We think, well, just because I felt it, I must have, you know, I, I got I to gotta say something. I felt it. I got to say, no, 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 no. You don't have to say something. You don't, you don't have to do something. Uh, but, but it is helpful if you actually recognize what's going on there. I remember being in a counseling appointment. Oh, goodness, it's been probably six years ago. And a, a counselor looked at me, and it was, it was a she. She said, how are you feeling today? And I, and I said, I'm, I'm feeling fine. And she said, no, 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 no. Like, like, fine is not a feeling. How are you feeling today? I said, well, I'm, I'm okay, all right. She said, no, 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 no. How are you feeling? And then she showed me this card. And on the card, it was really in a circle. And in the circle, there was kind of an inner circle that had maybe 10 groups, you know, kind of around the inner circle. And then each of those groups is kind of broken off into kind of 10 different uh, groups of its own, kind of as a, you know, concentric circles. They just got to where each group had more groups around it. And, and what it was, it was feelings. Like there were kind of 10 core feelings. And then each of those 10 feelings had kind of like 10 subsets of those feelings. And so she'd go like, hey, group it and just kind of look at that and tell me how you're feeling. And in that, I realized that out of all of these feelings, out of everything that was a possibility there for me, I, I'd, only, I'd only recognized you know, three, four, maybe five of them. Uh, and I'd assumed that the ones that were not, uh, you know, pleasant or weren't kind of happy on the happy scale would have, would have been necessarily, would have been necessarily bad. No, no. How are you feeling? You, you see, when you get to that point where you can read your emotions and you can actually recognize what they say, then then you're better equipped to respond in a healthy way because you don't have to respond from the emotion. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you have to respond in an unhealthy way. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you have to respond in an unhealthy way. Just because you're sad doesn't mean you have to respond in an unhealthy way. You can still respond, but you don't have to do it in an unhealthy, simple way. You can do it in a way that is whole, that is actually Spirit-filled. You know, where do you get that? Well, well, it says Jesus was angered many times throughout the Scripture, yet we know that Jesus never sinned. Uh, we know that Jesus felt lonely, yet he never sinned. We, we know that Jesus was indignant with the disciples, yet he never sinned. We know that Jesus was full of joy. We know that Jesus felt sorrow. We know that Jesus was acquainted with grief, yet even in those, he never sinned. So when you learn to read those emotions, when you learn to read what's happening inside of you, you don't have to fire off and react immediately. Uh, many times we live from our emotions. We live from them without even considering what might occur. And when that happens, we refer to it in everyday language as getting triggered. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, getting triggered. It, it means that you fire off from the soul, not from the spirit, in a certain direction based on some perceived, usually it's a threat, from which you need to protect yourself. 
It, it means really that you find yourself hijacked by, by your mind, by your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, uncontrollably fired, just like a gun fires a bullet in a particular direction based on most often soul wounds of the past. You see, the truth is, think about if you've ever done this, we often misread events in the present in light of the past. Triggers, they create a response that many times would even be appropriate in a different time and in a different place. And here's what I'm getting at. It's almost impossible. And I actually want to say it is impossible, but that seems so definitive that, that, that I'll just do the almost impossible to live triggered and live from the Holy Spirit at the same time. You see, our emotions, our feelings, they're part of the soul. And our soul was designed not just to react to the world around us. Our soul was certainly designed to give us data, to give us input, to, to tell us how we're feeling, to tell us what's going on. But you and I are designed to submit all of that information to the spirit that's inside of us, that's one with the Holy Spirit, and then live out of what the spirit says is true. Here's another way you could understand it. Uh, maybe, maybe two metaphors. Metaphor number one. Emotions or feelings, and I'm using them interchangeably, even though I get it. They're two different things. Emotions are to the soul what physical sensations are to the body. So in the same way that physical sensations of pain and pleasure alert us to what's happening in our, in our body. Emotional joy and emotional pain, every, everything else, all those other 50-plus feelings that's on the chart in the counselor's office, all of those tell us the climate of our soul. So when we feel cold or we feel hot, we know, oh goodness, our body's got to take care of something. When we feel out of breath or we feel winded, we know, oh, we got to slow down the run. We got to slow down the exercise here. We feel exhausted. We know, oh, we got to, we got to rest. When we feel uh, physically like we're about to touch a hot stove, we know, oh no, 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 that fire's hot. I got, I got to pull my hand away or I could actually hurt myself. Well, your emotions are the same way. They're really kind of telling you what's going on relationally. They're telling you what's going on uh, in the environment around you so that you can really inform yourself better, not so you can react, but so that you have better data to do something with. Uh, here's another one. Emotions are like thermometers. Okay, they, a thermometer and a thermostat are two very different things. In, in my house, we have both. So we have a thermostat uh, and, and it's down the hall. And I've told the kids, don't touch it. So the, the truth is, for a while in the tiny house, I would go down there, and it would be freezing. Because what would happen is in the middle of the night, the kids would put all these blankets on, and they would go up. They'd go, oh, I'm hot. Well, you're hot because you're sleeping in a sweatshirt in the middle of the summer, and you're hot because you're sleeping in a sweatshirt, and you've pulled all these covers on top of you. It seemed like it was the girls that were doing that more than the guys, um, but I'm not so certain that it was the girls only touching the thermostat. What they would do is they'd walk down the hall and they'd turn the thermostat, they'd turn it down to make it blow cooler. Okay, the thermostat controls the temperature. The temperature is communicated to you by the thermometer. The thermometer does not control the temperature. The thermometer only tells you what the temperature is. Here's what I'm saying. Your emotions, your feelings, they are 
thermometers. They are telling you the temperature. They are telling you, uh, fall marching band, cool, crisp wind. They're they're telling you, hey, you you know what? (laughs) This takes you back to a very pleasant space. They are thermometers. They are telling you, hey, um, that person said or did something that puts you on guard. They are thermometers. They're they're telling you, hey, like this this environment right here, like I, I'm not feeling so safe right here. They're thermometers. They're telling you, hey, right now, like I feel at complete rest. I feel joy. They they are thermometers. You get to be the thermostat. You get to take that information that the thermometer tells you, and you get you get to do with what my kids will do. They just walk down the hall and change that thermostat, or, or they do what what my wife, what Beth did. She just got the thermostat on the app on her phone, and she just set that thermostat and locked it down. <laughs> Nobody could could change it. But when you realize that your emotions are, they're telling you what's going around. They're the sensations telling you, just like your body tells you, hot, cold tired, man, I'm energized, whatever. Your emotions are telling your soul things in the same way that your physical sensations are telling your body things, but you don't have to respond. You don't have to react. You can take that data. You can take that information. You can then submit it to the spirit, and then you can live out in a healthy way. So here's what emotional wholeness involves. We're going to end it right here, and I will come back in the next episode. We'll talk a little bit more about living. I think I'm going to title the next one, Eyes Wide Shut. I mean, you can kind of see, but you see through the eyes of the Spirit, not see through the eyes of what your actual eyes, your body or what your soul tell you. Here's the emotional wholeness checklist. Number one, what I'm saying is we need to be able to recognize what's going on around us. Recognize these feelings recognize what's happening. Number two, read what our feelings are saying to us. Read, oh, right now I'm I'm sensing this. Right now I am th- this, right now, because it's a thermostat. No, it's a thermometer. It's a thermometer that just tells you the temperature of the climate. It doesn't set it. And then you get to set it. So you recognize it, you read it, and then you respond in alignment with the Spirit, in a healthy way. Do you see it? That's the emotional wholeness checklist. That's how to walk in soul wholeness, all right? I'll sign off. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about it in the next episode. My prayer for you is that the Lord would bless you, the Lord would keep you, the Lord would be gracious and shine His face of intense favor upon you. My prayer is as well that you would recognize what's going on inside of you and that you wouldn't react that this week you would have the capacity just just to pause and to take everything good, everything bad, everything in between, everything topsy-turvy, everything that you don't even understand, that you wouldn't let it control you, but that you would submit it and align it to your spirit that's one with the Holy Spirit, and that the outflow of that would be a response in a healthy holistic way that honors your heavenly father, that honors the people around you, that honors you. Grace and peace. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.